0: Welcome to Bamsey's Humanity First Podcast. I am Chris Ryan with Peter Evers. We'll be joined by Bamsey board member Jeannie Fuller-Jones in just a little bit. We're going to talk about services for seniors and what's lacking in terms of services for seniors across the board, in addition to looking at what we're doing internally as we welcome Peter Evers to the show, the president and CEO of Bamsey. Peter, how are you?
1: I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing?
0: Good. Appreciate you joining us for the show. And uh, first off, talk a little bit about the the role of the board for Bamsi. And you know, for folks that are inside the organization, work here, or interested in Bamsi, what exactly is a nonprofit board, and what is their you know significance to our organization?
1: That's a great question, and it's slightly different from a for profit board, where you will have people who are um, who come in from similar industries and that are paid. First thing to say is that for nonprofit boards, uh, they, are di- they are donating their time, they are volunteering, uh, which is a very significant difference between somebody on say, Blue Cross Blue Shields board who has paid, I don't know, 100,000 a year. We are asking people from the community from different places with different uh, expertise, lawyers, social workers, nurses, um, accountants, people from all sorts of businesses, also people with lived experience, to be on our board and give us guidance about where we should be going as an organization, not necessarily in the operations and how things work on a day-to-day basis, but really higher than that, Chris, this idea of saying the direction that the organization is going in is fiduciary fiduciary, uh, sound. That means that we're doing okay with our resources and we're managing them but also we're meeting the needs of our community and we're meeting the needs in a way that is thoughtful and evidence-based and um, is not uh, something that we just decide we're going to do. We have to go through a process of, of persuading the board that our direction is the right way that we're going. And so really the board of directors are our bosses and we have uh, at the moment, nine people, 10 people on the board, uh, and all of them are community members who, um, who have an expertise that they bring.
0: Well, one of those individuals is going to join us up next, and I'm going to hand it over to Peter, who is going to introduce our guest.
1: Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to Humanity First. And today uh, we have a very special guest on the show. We have uh, Jeannie Fuller Jones, who is one of our board members. I think she's been on the board for a few months now, so relatively new to the board. And we thought it'd be great if we just had a conversation about board life, if you if you like. Uh, what is it like? What day to day being a member of the board, and what are some of those responsibilities? And and how do we communicate and and all of those things? So, welcome, Jeannie. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
1: Good morning and thanks for agreeing to sort of have a chat. Maybe we could sort of start by um, uh, the listeners finding out a little bit about you because oftentimes board members who come to nonprofits, well, actually all the time, board members are not reimbursed for being on the board though. They're, what they're doing is they're donating their time. Um, and usually there's a connection between um, the work that those folks do, or the lives that they live and, and wanting to be on the board. Uh, and I think there's all sorts of different ways you can come on the board, but um, but but maybe talk a little bit about what do you, what's your day job, Jeannie? What do you, what do, you do during the day?
2: <laughs> well, my day job, my primary job is I'm a real estate agent. Um, I'm affiliated with Keller Williams over in Easton, and I specialize in working with seniors and families of seniors who are right-sizing, resizing, downsizing. Maybe mom or dad has gone into assisted living or they've passed away. And it's never a comfortable transition for the family. It's pretty stressful. And my job, I see my role is trying to make, take the stress out of that. I've, i my beginning in real estate, I worked in property management. I ran lots of elderly housing and mixed income family housing. So I've helped people through transitions for years. Um, I'm an adult. My mom just passed away recently. She was 100. We had my mother-in-law with us for almost two years in the middle stages of Alzheimer's. I have five siblings. My husband has 10 siblings. So I get the family drama um, (laughs) from all angles. I've been the frustrated one. I've been the responsible one. So I just try to bring that empathy to whatever the situation is, whether someone Um, you know, it's moving because they want to move to somewhere different or, you know, and even if they want to move somewhere, different, it's still moving out of the place they've been for 40 years. Um, And that's always hard. Um, My other day job, one of my other hats is um, I am a yoga instructor and fitness instructor um, affiliated with the Old Colony Y in downtown Brockton. And one of my classes is called Forever Fit. And that's median age in that class is about 70 something, maybe before the pandemic, the median age was probably closer to 80 something. Um, so I deal a lot with seniors, um, but families as well. So, um, that's my day job. I had been aware of BAMSI over the years in dealing with different families who had situations or whatever. And I knew BAMSI as um, a, a wonderful resource for many of my families and, um, writing counseling and and different services. Although, as I come to know BMC more, I realized I knew this much about an organization that's this wide, very similar to when people come to the Y, they think the Y is the gym, and then they find out about all the other things. Uh, So it's just kind of, BMC was a nice fit. And the food piece that you mentioned, many years ago, I was involved in an organization called Serve New England, and we were a food distribution community service organization. So handling cartons of food and getting it sorted out and down to other people, is <laughs> kind of second nature. So it's been fun to um, involve some of my friends in that, especially the strong young men who can move cases of food very easily and not pay a serious price for it um, for a week afterwards. Yeah. So, um, and they're enjoying it. Um, so that's, that's the fun thing. Um, and it was actually a Y friend. Who was associated with your board who said you know how come we haven't invited you to be involved in this board yeah and those
1: are and those community connections are mostly i think how people get involved and and like i say you know when when you when you've done that kind of work all your life and you see that there's a similarity in some of the stuff that we're doing it's um it it just it's a lovely um sort of coming together um Maybe we could just talk about seniors for a little a little while because uh, you know Chris and I have spent a lot of time uh, over the years talking about loneliness being a disease um, in terms of and I think it was Obama's um, uh, surgeon General who said that he that he believed that loneliness killed more people than cancer did. Um, and a lot of the work that I think that I've done over the years is that uh, is with the de- diseases of despair, if you like, which become more and more uh, prevalent sometimes with isolation, uh, with with the elderly. Um, I, I remember reading when I was in Britain that um, one in three people uh, over eighty have no contact with their family, and that and that is such a um, insidious situation in this country. And the whole idea of the Dawn Davis uh, Center that we're doing here is is connect is 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 about connecting people and the food drive and thank you for mentioning the food drive because I I always like I think we always like to plug the the third Thursday uh, in the month we're always looking for volunteers because the Greater Boston Food Bank come and drop off I don't know thousands of pounds of food uh, and volunteers including Jeannie and as as you mentioned the folks from from your office, come and unload that, bag it, and then go and deliver those parcels. And anybody who's interested in doing that um, certainly um, should look for the emails that um, that come from my marketing department, just asking people to volunteer, so please do. And thank you for always being there, Jeannie. I think it's really, it's really great to have board members volunteering and being visible.
2: Well, it's something real you can do, and that, Sometimes as a board member, you don't really feel you're getting involved or you don't know if you're having any impact, but when you're moving bags of oranges and whatever, at least you know you're doing something. Yeah,
0: Um,
2: And so it's very uh, gratifying from a hands-on point of view.
0: I wanted to ask and kind of talk a little bit about the the senior side of things, because it's not something we've really talked about a lot on the podcast. And as Peter mentioned before, this is something that we're both really um, interested in and I'm I'm interested for for both of you guys, um, th- your perspective on what Bamsi does to help uh, seniors, and you know, are there th- things that we can do more of to help seniors you know, in our communities? There's obviously a tremendous amount of focus on young people and on individuals who really uh, need a significant amount of help with developmental disabilities um, or suffer uh, emotionally. Uh, but what about the the senior and what we're doing to help those those seniors particularly uh, individuals that um, may have developmental disabilities uh, Peter
1: yeah. well we obviously we the, the, the services that we provide uh, from c- uh, cradle to grave with those people with um, with uh, developmental disabilities and oftentimes you know folks who come into our programs uh, into the residential programs as a result of the um, consent decree um, uh, will live with us until they pass on. And and, and that is total care. Uh, but there are also programs that we provide for people who need less care. And Dawn Davis is one of those, which is really a uh, social determinants of health program, if you like, a program that just makes sure that people are OK. Uh, you know, Bob uh, Fudo, who runs that program, and, and Fred are amazing people. They 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 always have you know some food set aside in case somebody is hungry they always have a pleasant word and a supportive word to people who are living in quite isolation and uh playing a role in bringing people together so that they that so that they have comradeship and and friendship that um you know in in those years there are a lot of people that live in brockton in the in the um housing developments in the in the high rises Um, who would be even more isolated if it wasn't for those services that Dawn Davis Senior Center uh, provide. I think the question is a good one, though, Chris, and and Jeannie, as a board member, you probably have some thoughts about this. We should be doing more. It is is an amazing thing that um, oftentimes the services for the very young and the very old are terribly reimbursed by the state, which is in Mm -hmm. some ways a reflection, I think, of how we as a society... Sort of punt in that way and think, well, I'm sure that will be fine, and it's not and you know the more we scratch the surface with the work we do, the, the more we realize that millions of people are lonely and depressed and and isolated from society.
2: And what I say is when you look at the typical worker in early childhood or you know early intervention and senior services, those workers are the least well paid that really shows you where we as a society put our money and it ain't on babies and 80 year old people um so i mean we don't value those people and that's the real challenge um so organizations like BMZ and and the y you know half the i tell people just come even if you can only make it around the track once you've met some people and people know you know if you're not here we're going to call and find out why you're not here same thing as at Doran Davies, if you don't show up on Tuesday, they're gonna call you to find out why you're not there. And if you don't show up a couple of days, then you're really in trouble um, because we're gonna push to see why. Yeah, and I've, I have seen running elderly housing. Yeah, it's it can be tragic and the family may fly in and fly right out. Um, and it's hard for people who've, um, that, a lot of people in that cohort um, have never lived in a congregate setting, have never really been that dependent on groups, and they've always been family oriented and just their own. And now, all of a sudden, that family is—you know, maybe it wasn't there, but maybe you know they—they only had one child, and that child lives in California, or maybe that child just lives in Fall River. But Fall River to Brockton can be quite a ride if you don't have a good car. Um, so it is, it, it's a real, real issue. And this, the effects of it, you see the people, someone, you know, a little old lady starts out 5'3", and within a couple of years, she's 4'10", because she's just shrinking and pulling in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the goal is to, you know, for any program like Dorn Davies or whomever, get people moving, get people out, get people seeing other people.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, uh, sorry, Chris, but, uh, you know, that one of the fastest growing demos in this country is people over 80. And, you know, yep. I mean, if, if we're lucky enough, we'll all get there. Right. So, I mean, it's not like this is a marginalized, what is marginalized, but, you know, it isn't the majority of people do live to that uh, age yes. and need those services. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's an important conversation is that what are we doing as a society to allow for individuals over the age of 80 to continue to live out, their lives um, because we are with the advancements of medicine going to be able to live longer and longer. The question is what is the quality of life going to be in the continuation of the the life cycle in 80 plus and for many individuals particularly I think those in poverty um, they may continue to live but um, the, the life that they're going to be living at that point because of decreased mobi- mobility or um, various uh, you know uh, mental Um, illnesses and also um, illnesses like Alzheimer's as well as uh, dementia. You mentioned the mental illness side of things uh, or mental health from a a loneliness perspective as you become isolated because of your physical um, disabilities. It's not really discussed at all. and. You consider the inordinate amount of money that we spend as a society incarcerating uh, individuals. And it's a extreme circumstance, but uh, I saw a report today about um, how much money we spend detaining individuals in Guantanamo Bay. We spend between 9 and $13.5 million per detainee, per individual, <laughs> to detain them at uh, Guantanamo Bay. And you think of the amount of money that is spent on assuring that our seniors 80 plus have a uh, quality life or that there's the appropriate diversionary programs um, for youth uh, in order to help them live their best life and put them on a, a, a bridge to success. Um, it is remarkable the amount of money without question that is given to incarcerate human beings and um, you know, in the extreme circumstance of Guantanamo Bay. Uh, the amount of money spent in in that realm.
1: Yeah, And that's why you know, just shifting Jeannie a little bit to the uh, to the advocacy piece uh, of board members. You know, when I think when board members of nonprofits are um, uh, are persuaded um, to volunteer their time, part of it is how do you advocate because you get a view of what what is going on. And you know let's be let's be frank most Americans don't really understand poverty. They don't really understand what poverty looks like. They've, there are some images that they see on the television, but, they're, but living poverty and, and seeing people at the margins um, sort of stokes that idea to do something about it. Um, and you know, oftentimes we'll come to the board and say, you know, could you, are there people that you can call? Are there legislators that you know that you can have a conversation with? Um, I know that you're early to the board, but do you see advocacy as an important part of the work that you do as a board member?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, over the years, I've served on various boards and I've done that. I've been to the state house for MACDC day and things like that. But it, yeah, it's it's important. And the... Um, You're right. They're they're just invisible. Many people are just invisible. Those below a certain income level, they're just not there. They're old. They're poor. They can't do anything. They're not worth anything to society. So why should we bother with them? Um, And they can't even get a job because, I mean, if you're 62 and get laid off, you ain't never getting a job again. Um, or if you're 62 and you spent your life being a cleaning person, your back is shot, you need to work, but you don't have any skills that are now appropriate, Um, it's a real challenge. And yeah, there is just not enough resources going there. Um, You know, I mean, we should have, we should be having vaccination stations at every elderly housing complex this week. Um, Don't make someone get an appointment in Foxborough if they live in Brockton, how the blazes are they going to get there? Yeah. They're not. Yeah. And that's if they could make their way through the computer system to get an appointment. Yeah. Um, sometimes we, um, the solutions are, are sort of glossed over. And then we'll throw these millions of dollars out about where does, the, where does the rubber meet the road? What's really happening with those dollars? What are they going to do? Um, that's the key.
0: Wanna bring it back a little bit to uh, to Bamsey Jeannie and you know, your thoughts and the board's thoughts on you know what our direction should be as a you know, as an entity where we do many, many things really well. And, you know, as we go through a branding campaign it's trying to figure out exactly how we tell folks exactly what we do, who we are as, a, as an all-encompassing uh, type of entity that provides these critical services. So I'm curious as to your thoughts on the direction of the, the organization and also, you know, the, the mission of uh, the organization.
2: Um, it's interesting. That part of it makes me feel totally useless <laughs> because it is so broad and it's just like, you know, five miles wide and, and six inches deep. Um, that we're, we're everywhere. And that is impressive because what that means to me is that we're an organization where we see a need and we know that we can do something and we set something up and we help that need. Um, and the, how we get that message out. And I mean, I've been in business in, in Brockton for many years so I understand what the, the name BMZ means but someone in Springfield or Worcester says, what's Bamsy?" and if they hear Brockton area and it was like, mm, that's not for me. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I recognize the value in, in having that in, in laying that question out and doing some work around it. And I think that it's kind of a necessary step. It's going to be painful and it's going to be difficult, but I think it's, uh, um, necessary to come up with a cohesive message. Um, and say this is who we are. You know, we serve these people, and these people are actually almost everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the key. Um, so it's it's kind of a niche, but it's a very wide niche. And then there's different things. And I mentioned to uh, someone I saw this morning that I was going to be on a call with Bamsey. She said, "Oh, my son goes to he was preemie, so early intervention." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah, that's great." Um, so she has a really positive. Um, notion of BMC. She probably has no idea about the million other things that BMZ does um, and how she could be supported in that. So I think that is maybe our, um, you know, a, a weakness for BMZ is we need to co- come up with a more cohesive message and some sort of a, an image that brings it all together. I As a traditionalist, I would hate to see the name BMC go away, but by the same token, I understand. I mean, when I first started with what became Serve New England, it was World Share, and we were Share New England. And you know what? We changed our name and no one cared. (laughs) We survived and we did the same thing. We did the same work. We just weren't part of a worldwide organization. We were a more local organization. Um, So we can survive the changes and I think we need to do some identity work there so that we can um, give a more cohesive message. So that if we go out to a big funder like a bank, we can say this, we do this, and this, and this. Do you want to support this, or do you want to support that?
1: Um, yeah, I think
2: it, sometimes it makes it easier for a board member to go out and say, okay, this is what I want you to give me fifty thousand dollars for.
1: It's a good ask jeannie <laughs> i got a couple of ideas <laughs> no i think you're right i think i think you know, and chris has been helping with this as well it's how do we define ourselves when we do so much and that and that is a blessing and a curse in some ways as you say yeah. but, but when you start to describe you know somebody who gets help with a preemie and somebody who gets help with a an adolescent uh, transitional age youth who's going through some depression somebody who's getting support in a, in elderly housing you begin to see this wide continuum of life that we that we take in which actually addresses yeah. some of the stigma um, that perhaps exists in in human service agencies like everybody and I, I quoted this a number of times but you know there is it is highly unusual for an individual not to go through the life cycle without some sort of disruption whether that be mental or physical and so you know get used to it This is it. This is what it is. And we actually provide services that work. Treatment works. And those interventions are evidence based. And so what are we worried about? These services are what everybody uh, will at some point need in their lives.
0: Yeah. Well, really appreciate your time, Jeannie. Thanks for joining us here on the, the podcast. And we look forward to talking again soon.
2: My pleasure. Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: Good. That is Jeannie Jeannie. Fuller-Jones. She is a board member at BAMSI, joining us here on our Humanity First podcast. For Peter Evers, I am Chris Ryan. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.